world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? <laughs> pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Last day of August. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that, huh? Last day of August, big old moon out there this morning. I don't know what the significance of it is. Maybe Mr. Mr. Numbers Craig can tell us what it is, but it's a it's a big one. Sept, uh, August 31st. You know, my whole the whole for a month I've been thinking it's September. I've been, you know, I write checks, stuff like that. I, I put been putting September. My wife keeps telling me it's not September. It's kind of kind of <laughs> kind of where my mind is. Hey, look, I'm I want to lay some things out there. I got uh well, you know, my, my wife and I, uh, we never get in a fight, not a fight, but we have a little bit of tension sometimes, you know, can you imagine living with me? I can't, I, God bless her. I, I can't imagine. And uh, she said to me the other day in, in kind of a, in a nice way, but a jabbing way, because uh, I was talking about, I got about 10 projects going in my head that I, that I think, I think we need to do 10 really, really good projects. And so I would ask her and help her, and, and you know she she would just say, "Oh, you're just such a visionary." I'm, I'm not saying that to brag, all right. I'm a I'm a big idea guy, and I'm not really good at executing the big idea. For instance, let me give you for instance. Uh, today uh, my pond's leaking. I told you that. So I I've got three thousand pounds of bentonite coming in, big old bag of bentonite, three thousand pounds of it. And the the company calls me yesterday. The, Company's delivering it, free delivery, shipped from Montana or someplace crazy. I don't know, Wyoming. I don't know where it was. And they called me yesterday and told me that it, they don't know if they really have a way to get it off of the truck. So what? Yeah, they, they wanted to know, do you have any way to get it off the truck? I'm thinking, you, you're delivering it. What, what do you mean? And so I got this great big 3,000 bag of bentonite coming today to, to line the pond. And I don't know how I'm going to get it off. And I'm thinking, do I call Mark Trump? Do I call Bob Evans? Who do I call? Tell me how to get this thing off. I got a tractor. I got a skid steer. But see, in my mind, I can. I don't have the ability to conceive the simplicity of how I, what I connect to get that thing. It's just a bag. Now I could probably cut the bag and just let it dump onto the. I could probably do that. But see, conceptually, I can't. I don't think that way. But I see great things that can be done. But I'm not good at the nuts. And, am I making sense out there? I'm not good at the nuts and bolts. I said this needs to happen. And somebody shows we got to do that, but I, I can't do it. Some somebody else needs to do it. Somebody out there has that gift. Who has that gift that can do that? Can do that? Who can do that? That's where my greatest stress comes from. It's because I am a I am a, God has in some ways maybe a, a visionary, whatever that word means. What was it? Uh, Robert Kennedy said when his brother at his brother's funeral, "Some men who see things as they are and ask why. I see things as they are not." I see things that are there and ask, why not? Why not? That's why not? Why not? That, that's 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 where I am. And most of us are cautious and we we always have that question, why? That's my wife. That's why we're such a perfect match in some ways. Because I'm always a why not, and she's always a why. <laughs> why? And I said, why not? Because why? Visionary. She's a nuts and bolts guy. Girl says, well, yeah, but we got to do this and, this and this and this to make that happen. I said, I don't even think about that. Here's all I know. That needs to happen. I don't know how to do it. Are, are you picking up what I'm laying down here today? So uh, I'm just I, I'm just kind of reaching out. Somebody today is going to tell me how to get that thing off that truck. Don't don't tell me now. Call me later. Tell me how to do it. I got a tractor. But the guy told me, said, I got skid steer. The guy said, oh. Skitsu won't lift 3,000 pounds. How the hell do I get that stuff on that truck? <laughs> we'll get it done. We'll get it done. So I got another vision going on. I want to share you a couple of things I want to share, share with you. And I shared the other day. By the way, next Saturday, this Saturday, 
Um, I'm going to unveil this for the whole world. I had a conversation with Jeff Klein. We're going to do street ministry in Mount Vernon, Ohio at one o'clock. We would love for all of you to come. And then I got thinking about it. And Jeff, Jeff said, uh, who cares if they know we're coming? Who cares if they know we're coming? So they know we're coming. Anybody wants to join us one o'clock on the square in Mount Vernon, we're going to be doing some street ministry and you want to going to be, want to be part of it. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it. Come and join us if you want to. Uh, John Brockoff. John Brockoff made it through. Had open hearts or well, yeah, I guess it's open heart surgery. He went in and repaired one of his arteries, main arteries, doing pretty good. So praise the Lord for John. Never forget 2,744 days, federal lockup for saving babies. That guy's, that guy's a hero. And then I want to make all of you look. We, we created a new website. Pull it up here for me real quick here, Mr. Producer. Um, prepared to stand. And here's part of the vision that I have, visionary. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to start doing these regular, probably monthly pod. I'm speaking to the people who maybe are watching on the Patriot Network, don't really know what goes on, don't really know what we're about here. We started a website, preparetostand.com. And on the 23rd, we're going to, we're going to launch our first seminar, three, a six-hour seminar on, on how to prepare. Are you prepared financially? for the great reset that's coming. And we're going to cover three different things. I firmed it up yesterday. It's going to cost $30. You can't register yet. You can't register yet. But for your $30, you're going to get to watch it live, and you're going to have access to it after afterwards that you can share with anybody you want to. We have expenses involved with getting the thing up and running, okay? And we're going to, we're going to do number one, volunteer, volunteer precious metals. Pull that up. Ross Powell, the guy's helping me. He said this guy's one of the best in the businesses. He's out of, he's out of uh, Oregon, I think, someplace like that. He won't cheat. He won't rip you off. He'll explain to you exactly what you want to. If you want to purchase some metals, that's going to be one hour of the show. The second hour of the show is going to be Survival 401k. I talked about that yesterday. You guys can take possession of your retirement, folks. Listen, the dollar bill is going to go away. Something else is coming, and you have got to. You got to prepare. If you're just going to sit around and think that your retirement 401 is going to be there, we may not even have an American dollar here. Do you know that? We may not even have an American dollar in a year. So this is all really, really important stuff. So we're going to do the precious metals. We're going to do the 401k survival. And then Roger Weaver is going to do a presentation on um, retirement. Uh, No, no. What's it called? Wills, probate, all that stuff. And make sure that when you die, your money goes to who you want it to go to. That the lawyers don't get in there. Do you have a will? Do you do you have a living trust? Do you have any of that stuff? Roger's going to talk about all that stuff. So we're going to, it's going to be done in three segments on the 23rd. You cannot register yet, okay? Because I don't have it set up, the, the thing. But uh, prepare to stand. And then we're going to start doing a monthly. Going to do monthly. Maybe the next one will be Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and Carrie Maday talking about how to detox and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to bring valuable information that you guys will be able to get with others. Okay. So again, as part of that visionary guy in me, I see this. People need this. They'll be hungry for this. Yada yada yada. Okay. Cool. Uh, one other thing before we get. Oh, those of you who are watching at the, uh, I get the emails every once in a while. People watching on the on the Patriot Party uh, Network. Uh, look, if you want to join the show, you have to you have to go to our website. Pull it up there real quick, Johnny. Uh, you have to go to the website and click on Join the Huddle. Go to CoachDaveLive.com. Click on Join the Huddle, and then you can come in and you can comment. You can you can do whatever you want to, but you got to click on that. So I'm not trying to pull you away from the Patriot Party Network, but if you want to get involved with that, that's what you're going to have to do. Go click on on Join uh, Join the uh, queue. By the way, those of you, uh, Johnny, real quick, pull up uh, number two. Number one, I'm sorry, Rumble. Uh, this is this show's broadcast on Rumble. Yes, that's me. There it is. We're live there right now. And friends, if you would, that's, is that me live? Yeah, I think it's me. For, friends, if you would, after the show or after the thing gets up, just go there. You see at the bottom they have likes. You see that they have likes at the bottom of this thing. It, it helps our. I don't know how, but it helps algorithms if we get a lot of likes. And right down at the bottom, all you gotta do is give a thumbs up, a thumbs down, a like. If you would just do that, they would. It really, really help our numbers. Okay, cool. I'm ready to move on. Here's what I'm going to I've been getting some emails about this. So I want to come back 
and really want to hammer this so that I make myself perfectly clear with what it is I'm talking talking about so that you guys understand, okay? Go, if you will, to uh, number three. I want to talk people. Uh, I've been getting some, some comments, some emails. People ask me, Coach, it's not by works. It's not by works, Coach Dave. We're saved by grace through faith, Coach Dave. It's not by works. And I said, I get it. I get it. But I have to show you this, friends. But you might shake your head because your eyes are stuck. All right? Everybody knows what the great white throne judgment is, right? It's found in Revelation chapter 20, and I'm at verse 11. And it says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. There's one more than one book here. It's plural. Huh? And the books were opened. And another book was opened. You following me here? Evidently, there's some type of computer rec- uh, record going on up in, up in the, <laughs> the heavenly realm, which is the book of life. Let me start again. And the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. So you have a book and then a book of life, all right? And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the book according to their... Can you guys read that word? Works. I I know it's a dirty word. I know it is. They're judged according to their works. Stop a minute. I'm saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any man should boast. But once I'm saved, I'm supposed to have some works. The Bible says you shall know them by their fruit. And the sea gave up the dead which are in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which are in them, and they were judged, every man, according to, somebody, what's that word again? Is that Spanish? Is that Chinese? Every man judged according to their works. Amen. Now, wait a minute. There's some good news, though. Keep going. And the death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So salvation is getting your name written in that book. But when you get your name written in that book, or you don't get your name written in that book, there's an awards assembly, folks. There's an awards assembly. And it's not a salvation issue, but it certainly shows the Bible tells us is in this new kingdom that's coming, we are going to rule. We are going to, we are going to rule and we are going to judge. We are in this new Jerusalem. We are going to be in the positions of authority. And who is going to pick out those who rule and reign? Judging? Well, it's got a record. Works matter. Now, some of you still don't believe it. Some of you are still nervous because of your theology. Are you looking at me? I'm saved through faith, grace through faith. Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer is saved by grace through faith. Not of works. There isn't anything I can do to get saved. But I got saved, and then the Lord made me a third-round draft choice. And he drafted me on the team. And he says, okay, coach, go make some plays. Now that you're on my team, go make some plays for me. Will you, will you do that? And I got the film, and I'm going to be watching. And I'm going to be keeping a record of the touchdowns you made, the blocks you made, the tackles you made. I'm going to be keeping a record of it. All right? And by the way, uh, you're saved. You're going to be in heaven. But, Coach Dave, when you stand, when you stand before me, uh, I'm going to look at your record. <laughs> I'm going to look at your record. And I'm going to see – uh, what rank maybe that you're going to achieve. It's not a pride thing. It, it, hang on, hang on. Some of you still aren't convinced. So go to number three for me real quick. No, number, number four, Johnny. Pull up number four. Just for those of you who still don't agree with me, I just Googled works. Look at all the scriptures where it talks about works. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but doesn't have works? Can his faith save him? The brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food. And one of you say to him, go in peace, be warm, be filled, without giving them the things needed for the body. What good's that? 
so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Does anybody see this other than me? Huh? But someone will say, you have fakes, faith and I have works. Well, dude, show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Ephesians, for by grace you say through faith, and let Titus, and let our people learn to devote themselves to good works. James, do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham also justified by works? when he, Huh? Abraham offered up his son. It mattered. In the same way, let your light so shine for others that they may see your good works and give glory to Father. Huh? Oh, yeah, keep going. This is the ESV, by the way. Amen. Uh, the saying is trustworthy. I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good. There's that word again. There's that cuss word again. These things are excellent, profitable for people. What are works? Equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glorified forever and ever. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, fooling yourself. For if anyone's just a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks in, in the mirror. He man. looks himself goes away, forgets what he was, but the one who looks into the perfect law of the love of law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he'll be blessed by his doing. And if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, uh, yeah, for God is not unjust so as, so as to overlook your work. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good work. Man, that cuss words everywhere you look in the Bible. This is for saved people, folks. Works are for saved people. I'm going to say it again. Works are for saved people. They are to do good, to be rich in good works to be generous, ready to share. And the same was not also Rahab the prophet, justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out. I'm going to stop. I'll put it in the chat. Don't send me one more email. Let me make it clear. Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer is totally and completely saved by grace. There's nothing I can do to get it. Now that I'm on the team, I'm a player. I was, exactly. the, I was a player Amen. for the devil. I was a player. Anybody out there a player for the devil? I was full-time playing for the devil. And now I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. I got drafted onto a new team. And now that he drafted me on this new team, he says, hey, Coach Dave, would you do me a favor? Would you play as hard for me as you did for the devil? Good works, folks. Good works. Amen. Come on in, Trump. Mark Trump, come on in. Well, you know, this is a lot of evidence, Coach, but I think you're taking all of it out of context. All right. You know, you're taking all of it out of context. I mean, if you look at the Bible, it's full of evidence, right, Coach? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's every person in the Bible, after they were saved, they went and did things. Some of them got killed. All of them. All of them. (laughs) There's not one shred of evidence supporting the other side, which is don't do anything after you're saved. Not one, not not one, one person, shred. not one shred. So your evidence obviously is taken out of context because there it is. That's right. And Mark, they use that as an excuse to hide. We use it as an excuse to hide. What We're told There's to two. go go into all the world. Pull that up. That's Matthew. Where is it? Matthew. Amen. Where is it? Matthew 8. Is that Matthew? Where? Matthew 5. No, no, Matthew 28, maybe. Go ye into all the world. Huh? What? Yeah, go into all the world. It's it's Matthew. Somebody help me out. It's Mark. It's in Mark. It's in Hebrews. It's in Matthew. I know it's in Matthew. Yeah, there it is. Mark 16. It's it's Matthew. Go ye into all the world and do some work. (laughs) Go ye into all the world and do some work, will you? Preach, yeah. Somebody help me out there. Is preaching to every creature work? I think that's work, and I think that works. Hmm? If I go and I stand outside an abortion clinic and I'm trying to rescue unborn babies, I think that'd be works. Hey, Johnny Burkeen, that'd be works, and you've done some of that. You've done, done done some of that. And if I if I go stand out like Jeff Klein and I go to a school board meeting and I stand up for uh, for the children who are being 
taught filth in the school. Jeff, I think that's works. I, th I think so. I, th I think that's work. I think it's uh, it's ministry, but I think it's work. I think so. I'm pretty sure. And the Bible says you'll know them by their fruit. And I think fruit is works. And I believe that love leads to fruit. Because the Bible says you'll know them by their love. So we take, get that wrong. We think, well, we just go around and love everybody. No. You, how do you? I told you. How, how does my wife know I love her? Michelle, how do you know I love you? I wash the dishes. Through works, she knows I love her. So I don't want to argue about this, but I want to put this to rest. Don't send me any more emails telling me that works don't matter. Stop it already. By the way, I'm not working my way into heaven. I'm on my way to heaven, but I'm taking some treasures with me. And when I get there, I'm going to throw those treasures at his feet. I'm going to prove myself to be a workman worthy. Work, where is that? A workman worthy of his wage. Amen. By the, way, the wages of sin is death, right? And what did Jesus do? He died in my place. And I'm going to go throw at, my feet, at his feet what I did in return for what he did for me. This is me. It's so simple. It's so, it's so simple. Yet I fight it over and over and over. My inbox fills up with people wanting to take me to task over talking about works. It's 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 craziness. Come on in, Neil. As Ohio Brett once said, he compared heaven to a football stadium. He says, I don't want to be on the top row way up by the press box. He goes, I want to be at the 50-yard line right behind the bench. Amen. Especially, Neil, if you're a star player. Especially if you have some skills that you can really – Really, really, here I am, Lord, put me in. Here I am, Lord, put me in. No, not here I am, Lord, don't put me in because I just, I'm not, it's not about works. Lord. It's not about works. So don't put me in the game. I'll, I'll go sit back here. I put bread in. I put, put coach in. Don't, don't put me in. I'm saved by grace through faith. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And I sure don't want to boast, Lord. I don't want to boast. We're, we're, we're freaking stupid. It, it doesn't even logically add up, folks. Randy. Yeah, Coach, also in the book of Revelation, uh, Jesus said to every single one of the seven churches, I know your works. Boom, I forgot that one, Randy. <laughs> I know your works. <laughs> hey, hey, Randy, and he says he knows whether they're hot or cold, right? Because works produce hot. Oh, do you ever? You guys ever get sweating when you get working? Huh? Lord says, "I know whether you're hot or cold. <laughs> Don't worry." And say, so, "Oh, by the way, you lukewarm. I'm spitting you out of my mouth. Huh? You you wearing you putting uh, uh, Jesus loves you stickers on the back of your car, and that's the greatest evangelism you ever do. Uh, that'd be cold. <laughs> that'd be cold. Oh, and that might be lukewarm. I'm gonna spit that out of my mouth." Folks, how can they judge whether you are hot or cold if there are not works involved with it? Easy, peasy. Roger. Let's move on to another topic. I think they're holding you back. <laughs> I've listened to you for five or six years. The, the whole premise is based on the salvation that comes through the cross. I've never heard anything else but that on this program. So, oh, man, me either, brother. Me so either. I'd like to talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes for a few minutes. Then we can All get right. back to Jesus. All right. Because you can go to Ohio State and you can do works there, can't you? You can jump <laughs> up and down and cheer and you can you can march around the stadium. You can do all – yeah, you can really get – nobody ever tells you when you go to the Ohio State game, hey, Rogers, no, no works here, Rogers. No works. You just come here and sit. No works. What? Yeah. In fact, they get the band playing, so you get up and get, get involved in it, right? So you get some, they get that energy up. Oh, we're so we're so stupid, I'm telling you. Julie. Yeah, it's great. So I just think, I look at it this way. Our love for the Lord, the works is the evidence of. Because we love him so much, we want to do good, you know, and so people are like we're signed to other people. Thanks. Julie, did it ever dawn on you that you might be the one that plants a seed that leads somebody to Christ and you don't even know it? Amen. I'm going to tell you something that's just encouraged my heart beyond what you ever, ever know. I'm, I'm just telling you. Uh, 
I jump on Facebook sometimes, and sometimes I'm uh, public there. Sometimes I'm just scrolling and reading, right? And I can't tell. I can name right now ten. You can think this is bragging if you want to. It's okay. I can take look at at least ten of my our formal former football players at London High School where I got sued by the ACLU. I could go on Facebook right now and show you 10 guys who are boldly serving the Lord who in high school weren't even anyway close. Amen. That's great. And why is that? Because somebody planted some seeds. Do you get how this thing works? Do you get it? All that crap I went through 20 some years ago, I look at fruit. I said, my goodness, this guy is what? I can name 10 of them. I don't even know how many of them might be who are serving the Lord because of a seed that I planted. I'm not bragging about me. I'm going to tell you this. I think I got a reward coming. A deserved one, by the way. Say, there you go again, coach, talking about, no, you see, if you you think I'm talking about works, you're crazy. Something wrong with you. Myra, come on in. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for uh, leading us into all truth, and you asked for help in regard to the Bible verse you quoted. So I have uh, two. Uh, Luke 10, 7, and in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the labor is worthy of his hire go not from house to house and i have first timothy 5 18 and there's other ones that met die criteria for the scripture saith, thou shalt not muscle the ass that tradeth out the corn and the laborer is worthy of his reward mm, 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 mm. hallelujah that got me a reward and Woody Hayes used to tell us this. My reward's in heaven. But Woody Hayes says, we have it backwards, boys and girls. If you're paying back, you're missing it. You pay forward. Wow. I'm paying forward. There's a reward waiting for me. An investment. A 401k of crowns. Wow. That I get to throw at his feet. Man, oh man, oh man. That the government can't take away. No, the government can't take it away. They can lock, they can lock me up. <laughs> they, they can hang Boom. me. From, uh, they, can't, they can't take it away, right? And not only can they not take it away, they're not going to take away what those other guys are going to bring when they come into the kingdom as well. Oh, that's so good. Jeff, go ahead, Jeff. Coach, you mentioned the seeds you planted. Yeah. I remember one year, a few years ago, you asked me to go along to one of them tournament games. And I was in that locker room. And Coach Norm, the way he spoke to them kids, and kids were just like eyeballs glued to him. But he was such a leader with him. Can you imagine how many of them kids that he sowed seeds into? Because they looked up to him. It was powerful. Amen. Amen. So, Jeff. You didn't muzzle the ox. That's the power of a teacher, isn't it, folks? It's the power of a teacher. I had had a young guy say to me one time, I taught uh, troubled kids when when I was at London High School. Really troubled kids. Tattoos before there were tattoos. That's back 19, long time ago, long time ago. And I did everything I could to try to straighten those guys up. And uh, one of them got mad at me one day. And he said, uh, they hired you to teach, not to preach. That's what one of them said to me. So I said, well, get out your dictionary, dude. So I made him get out his dictionary. And he looked up. Preach. You know what said? Well, let me go back. He looked up teach. Explain what a teacher does. And I said, now look up preach. And it says, to preach is to teach enthusiastically. Did you know that? So I was preaching to him. I was teaching him enthusiastically. That's what we need to do, right? If the zeal isn't real in you, come on, Betty. Ah, uh, yes. We are saved by grace through faith. Through faith, not of yes. works, lest any man should boast. You cannot work your way to heaven. But, dude, when you get the past to heaven, you ought to be taking some 
you ought to be taking some crowns, some jewels with you. Go ahead, Betty. Exactly. And part I don't understand is how can they not do works? I want to do so much works, I don't even know which way to turn because it's all for God and not for me. It is it is not to be a favorite or or to say you know serving, right? And when I was and when I was saved, where were these people who were saved by faith or saved by grace through faith? Where were they to take my hand to show me the way? They were sitting on the couch. So they need to look in the mirror before they accuse you. Well, uh, they're not accusing me. See, that's not the, they don't do it in a mean way. They don't do it in a mean way. They're convicted that they're not doing anything. See, they're convicted. And unfortunately, evil men have crept in unaware and taught them they don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. I was a Catholic. I would go into confession. You guys will understand this. And I would tell, I would make up lies to tell the priest what I had done. I was a young kid. I didn't know what sin was. I didn't know. I fought with my parents. I disobeyed. I, I stole a piece of gum. And then he would say, okay, five, ten our fathers and ten Hail Marys. And I'd go out and say, our father, our will be the king of the do, do that ten times. Do that ten times. And I, I, had no, I had no understanding of the grace, mercy of God. In fact, I was saying ten our fathers and ten Hail Marys because I was trying to earn my way in back in good graces with the Lord. Right? Rather than it's grace, it's just grace, brother. Here it is. It's grace. It's given to you. Now, do me a favor. Now that I've offered you grace, and now that I've rescued from hell, uh, do you go help me get some others? Would you go help me fight darkness? Would you? Would you? Because you? you're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. And believe it or not, Lord said, I, I work through people. Yeah, I work through people. But I can only work through people who make themselves available. Hmm? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, although I hope you do. Dave Allison, go ahead. Johnny, get ready to uh, get ready for me here real quickly. John uh, number number twelve. Go ahead, uh, Dave. Yeah, great teaching, uh, Coach. The other night when we were praying, uh, I went to uh, the scripture, Jonathan. If you could bring up Second Corinthians chapter ten for me, please, while I'm talking. And I was going to expound upon that there's a scripture in there, don't let any thought exalt itself above the knowledge of God. It was, I was thinking of that, but as I read down and the, I read through that, I, I tripped over another jewel. And what Paul is saying here, let me paraphrase, he's talking to the Corinthians, and he's saying, hey, yeah, I come to you in meekness, but when I'm apart from you, I speak with great boldness. Mm-hmm. Right? And he goes on, he tells them, he said, and don't let any thought. And if you, you scroll down a little bit, Jonathan, if you go to five and six there, and it says, uh, uh, cast, five, casting down imagination, any thought that exalts itself above the word of God. But here's where I tripped over that was really powerful. Six, and having in readiness to revenge. Hmm. All disobedience when you're obedient. When we're obedient, guess what we're going to do? Revenge, disobedience. Disobedience. I think that's an act right there. And I I looked up revenge, and and Webster even defines that, is that's, uh, you know, you're imparting uh, judgment on any uh, evil, right? That's Revenge is something God wants us to do. He wants us to come against all disobedience, all evil. So I I thought that was awesome when I I tripped over this. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Uh, it is okay, so let me let me connect a couple dots here for you, okay? Go to number 13. I, I said that one. Let's go to 13. I'm going to come back with seven reasons why millions of Americans have stopped going to church. I hate to keep uh, I hate to keep pounding on. This is critical that we get this, okay? This is an Orthodox, Russian Orthodox priest. I think he's Russian Orthodox. I could be, could be Greek Orthodox. I don't know. But listen to what this guy has to say. One thing I will say to the government of America. You create your own laws that are offensive to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. No one can save you. With all your might, with all your military powers, with all your technology, the Lord will make an example out of you. Any nation, any
any nation that denies Jesus Christ of Nazareth, disobeys Jesus Christ of Nazareth, comes up with laws that are offensive to Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that nation must fall. Haven't we learned the lesson? Look at the history. Where is the Egyptian empire? Gone. Where is the Assyrian, the Babylonian? Where is the Persian and the Medes? Where is the Greek? Where is the Roman empire? All gone. Why? Because the moment you become godless, there is no longer existence of you. The true divine God will make sure you get paid and the payment will be extremely harsh. It will be the end of that empire of that nation. Once upon a time, America was based and built on Christian laws. Look at America now. They have taken the Bibles out of schools. They have introduced laws against the Lord Jesus. Made drugs free. Marijuana, you can have it even in your backyard. Abortion, legalized, killing of innocent human beings. And they expect to be a superpower? No way, impossible. The Lord is the Lord of Lords and King of all kings. You fight against the Lamb of God, you have to fall. You have to fall. Chapter 18 is the fall of America. But let me tell you this in advance. For America to fall will take the world with it. World War Three is being prepared for. It will start in the Middle East. It will start in the Middle East. And World War Three, as I said last time, as we said last time, it began when Iraq got striked in 1980. That was the beginning to, an, to a very grief end. Israel will be striked by a superpower and that superpower definitely not America because they're allies. The next superpower has already infiltrated them at least. And that is China and Russia. The kings, the kings that came from the East will be against the kings of the West. West is America and Great Britain. East, China, Russia. They're probably shaking their hands behind their closed doors. They're friends. They may say we're enemies in public, but behind the scenes. <laughs> but a day will come no more. They'll press the button. Because the Lord Jesus is in charge as in, in control. You walk away from the Lord, you will expect destruction. This is the justice of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wow, huh? Wow. Now, he got into some theological things that are open for debate back and forth. But the reality of it is, there's judgment coming. Now, see, what we have to figure out, try to figure out is, are we out of here? Which is what they've been telling us, or does the world continue? Is there a, resh a reshaping, a real rebuilding? Will the, um, will the church awaken and take its rightful authority and expand the kingdom of God here on earth? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? That's what it says. That's what it says. Okay, go to number 12. Why people aren't going to church anymore. Seven reasons why millions of Americans have stopped going to church. It's only three minutes. Go ahead. I don't agree Seven with all reasons these, okay? why millions of Americans have stopped going to church. In the last 25 years, 40 million Americans have stopped going to church. That represents 12% of the entire population. It's the biggest attendance shift ever recorded. And it's not just about religious institutions. Society itself is part of the equation. One, American society leaves no room for church. Today's America is not about community. The system revolves around individual success. 
If it doesn't boost your or your children's career, why bother? 87% of American employees are disengaged at work. This translates to detachment from various aspects of life, namely religious participation. Lack of time is another problem. These days, our lives are like rubber bands, stretched so thin, they're about to snap. The church can feel like another item on a checklist. And when there's no time, you simply skip it. 2. People are looking for diverse pathways to spirituality. The reality is that Americans are far from being non-spiritual. Three in four of them identify with a specific faith. They're simply redefining the concept of spiritual life. Traditional religious settings are on the decline, but non-traditional ones are on the rise. Some Americans prefer talking to chaplains. Some form online communities that turn into real-life friendships. Others join social justice groups rooted in shared faith. 3. The church is grappling with a leadership crisis. There are three leadership-related things driving churchgoers away. Clergy abuse, cover-ups, and fundamentalist preachers. Millions of Americans believe in Jesus, but they don't want to connect with him in that kind of setting. 4. Religious pluralism is also a factor. This trend is as simple as it gets. Americans have more choices today. Credit this to social change, the internet, or immigration. Interfaith interactions are very common nowadays, and so are interfaith marriages. America was once a Christian country. Now it's arguably the world's most religiously diverse nation. 5. Contemporary worship has failed. In recent decades, mainline churches have been trying to be something they're not. They've dabbled in praise bands, screens, praise music, etc. But the response hasn't been positive. Of course, there are a few exceptions. We're talking about churches that already have a modern setting and budget. 6. Phony advertising is disappointing. Many churches promote the idea that everyone can come to Jesus. But when people show up, they notice a lack of diversity. The ads are shouting, everyone is welcome here. But what they're really saying is, only if you fit the traditional family mold. 7. Gen Z is America's least religious generation. 34% of Gen Zers have no religious affiliation. 18% identify themselves as atheists or agnostics. Obviously, the church is not their area of interest. It probably won't be in the future either. Here's one last fact for you. Every year, 4,000 to 7,000 American churches shut down. They're not going completely extinct anytime soon. But what's happening today goes beyond a mere transition. Goes beyond a mere transition. Seven reasons. So if we were to... If we were well, there's to, this Oliver Anthony thing. Um, uh, last week. If we were, you can shut that down, John. If we were to get around in a circle and we would, uh, we would begin to ask you, people in the queue here, why aren't you, why aren't you going to church? The answers would be absolutely, unbelievably diverse as why they're not going. But I can tell you this, at the center of all of it is you aren't satisfied. See, at the center of it is you. That's why people drop out of church. I wasn't getting fed. Pastor did this. Somebody said this. I don't agree with this. It's all about you. And that's what's happened to us in the American society where Jesus told us to come and die to ourselves. And uh, we don't. We go to church and they're giving us, Bible says, they heap up for themselves teachers having itching ears. So the pastors are telling us what we want to hear because they don't want to lose any more people and uh, people are leaving themselves. That's why, to me, I con con consistently encourage you guys to start your own fellowship. Start it at home. You, you'd be better, friends, you'd be better off with having five or six people that you can really, how many of you out there right now, really, where you live has six people that you could really count on, call if you needed to? Go to that massive church that you've been going to for how long and really don't even, don't really have even six people that you could, could relate to. And I would say that what's happening here I could call, I could call maybe 50. I could call maybe 50. Somebody said, I saw it in the chat somewhere. Said, Coach, I, I didn't say coach. I love the after show here because why? We sharpen each other. That's what church is supposed to do. Sharpen each other. Appeal 
share one another's burdens. It's impossible in the modern, in the way the modern church system runs. Come on in. Tell me if I'm right. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me what we're going to do. Jeff, go ahead. Coach, have you seen, I just seen it last night, the video of the uh, book banning preacher in South yeah. Carolina, the black yeah. guy. He's yeah. on fire. Yeah. I thought, hallelujah, preacher finally went into the school board meetings, and they probably told him to shut up 10 times and took he his did. microphone away. And he said, they want to take your microphone away. And he, he said, oh, his, greatest, his greatest line of all was he's reading from this filthy book. Uh, it's yeah. perfectly normal. Reading from it. And they keep trying to, Reverend, Reverend, they keep trying to quiet him down. He keeps reading, quit reading. And, and finally he step, looks up and says, oh, is it something I said? I thought, boy, what a line, right? He's just reading the book. Do you remember 10 years ago when they fired Fresh Rodder? I was reading out that filthy book. Yep. And the pa- old Pastor Dan come out to me outside and said, JC, he said, that's not the way to do yeah, that. You did it wrong, JC. You did I it. looked at him and I said, hey, you show me how to do that and I'll follow your lead. He started stuttering and they walked away. It's like, yeah, he's, he's a big talker. A big talker. Bless you. Randy, come on in. Church or coach, it's not just the church that's losing its way. It's it's old way, I should say. It's look at Hollywood, coach. Look at it. It's uh, crumbling. There, there. It's about. It it's going to be history. All coach, those institutions, Randy. They're all coming down. All the systems, coach. You're, yep. Yeah, institutions, but the, it's the systems. And I've said this for many years now. God is judging the systems, and the ones that are that are nothing, they are going to nothing, the ones that are worthless. And and I'm telling you, Coach, God's the vehicle for God on the earth is the church, but it's right. not the system that we've seen throughout our life. We saw a system. We did not see the living, powerful, breathing entity called the church. We saw systematic theology, and it's going by the wayside. It is. Praise the Lord, it is. Uh, and it is as you're good. saying that, Jonathan, let's see how fast you are, okay? Uh, See, uh, Google, how many Christians voted for Joe Biden? See if, you, see if you can find that anywhere. How many Christians voted for Joe Biden? Would everybody agree with me that the body of Christ ought to all vote the same way? I mean, I'm either Republican or it doesn't matter. We ought to all be voting the same way. It's like me going to a Cleveland Browns game and wearing Cincinnati Bengals stuff. Why would I do that, right? So here, wait, can you make it a little bigger, Johnny? Most Americans, uh, let's see. Tw- uh, these are black voters overwhelmingly supported Biden. 59% of blacks voted for Biden. White, non-Hispanic, 70, 20, folks, 27% of non-white Christians voted for Joe Biden. I think I got it right, don't I? What about, what about old Whitey? Where's Whitey? Uh, uh, this non-Hispanic, that'd be whitey. Uh, 10%. So, so look, if, the, if just the church all voted Christian, we would control everything. We'd control it all. If you, if you, if you just took, if all Christians voted the same, time out a minute. Somebody help me out here. Why wouldn't all Christians vote the same? I'm going to wait. Somebody explain to me why all Christians would not vote the same. Look, hang on. The Edison exit polls estimate 76% of white evangelicals voted for Trump. 76. Anybody do math? That means 24. One out of every four people you go to church with voted for somebody who's going to kill babies, promote homosexuality, promote sexual deviance. One out of four Christians voted for that. How's that happening, friends? Ooh, Jesus me. said the house divided against itself can't stand. How's, that, how's this possibly happening? Tracy? Hey, good morning, everyone. Um, great as always, Coach. But uh, can you, um, Mr. Producer, bring up Mark eleven thirteen? 13? Um, it's funny. This is where the Lord took me today. It was about out, don't be out of season fruit. And seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came. If haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. We are not 
being ripened in our churches, Lord, uh, coach, we are not being ripened. Um, We're not producing fruit. Amen. We're fruitless. Mm. We're rootless and fruitless. I'm going to say that again. We're rootless because we don't have any deep roots. We don't have any fruit. We'll say it again. That's a great quote. The American church, American Christianity, rootless and fruitless. Dale. Brother, I'm, I'm so glad you picked me about this. Let's go back to Matthew, right? Where he was saying the, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second, which is what? To love thy neighbor as thyself. The whole law is hinging on these two. Remember last week we were talking about the essentials and non-essentials? The right. very non-essential things that divide, right? I can't be with you. You're not a pre, post, mid, all of that. Is the same reason why that that Christians, well, I don't know if they're Christians, would vote for a person like Joe Biden who is for, right, the the murdering of babies because they don't love their neighbor. Because if they love their neighbor, they wouldn't vote for a person. So the same thing that divides us, the non-essentials, is the reason why they vote for Joe Biden. Why? Oh, because I get more money. I get my EBT card. See, these are non-essentials in the kingdom of God. What are the essentials in the political realm? Homosexuality shouldn't be there. Murdering babies shouldn't be there. See, those are the essentials. So it divides the church politically because we love the non-essentials, which is what is in it for me, not my neighbor. Amen. Social gospel, right? Social gospel. And it's like, my daughter came home. I think I've told you guys this story. When the Supreme Court came down with the ruling that you can't kill babies anymore, which, of course, everybody ignores, but the Supreme Court ruled there's no right to kill a baby anymore. She went to church on Sunday, and her pastor never mentioned it. He never mentioned this tremendous victory for the King of Kings. And she she had the courage to go to him uh, later that week and ask him. And he said, what? You don't want to be divisive. Hey, Coach, I don't mean to interrupt you, but actually we we got to be cautious because that's not necessarily what happened at the Supreme Court. The the Dobbs versus Jackson decision, all that did was, hey, okay, we're it's not a law. Therefore, it's up to the states to make yeah, the law. That's right. And, and the states came in there and they said, we want baby murdering. Right. Well, who are the states? It's a collection of people, is it not? Yeah. Are, there, are there Christians in the state of Ohio? Yeah, yeah. And 25% of them are pro-choice, at least 25%. Pro-homo. What? What's going on in our churches? What the hell's going on? Lorraine. Did you hear me, Lorraine? I'm sorry. Oh, no, sir, I didn't. I apologize. I have a question to present. So with abortion... Why, and this is just hypothetical and stuff, but why are not the churches talking about hope and recovery from women who've had abortions, like, and being a safe place to talk about what they're going through, how to receive the forgiveness and the shame and the guilt, right? It's okay to murder the baby, but what about all the stuff that goes with it? The decades of every day when Satan reminds you how you are horrible as a parent, that you'll never ma- meet, meet up. And what about the men? Nobody talks about the men who are post-abortive. Right. So, and, and, in, and in all the prisons, mo- the majority of the men that are in prisons are all post-abortive men. They're men that have contributed to the death and the murder of their children. Right. So this is just, I mean, wh- where's the hope? That lies, they'll say, oh, okay, you're forgiven everything, but nobody wants to get to the nitty gritty of the, the guilt, the shame. Church doesn't even talk about it. They don't no. even talk about it. And the pain. I mean, there's so much pain that goes with it. And then as a woman, you're not supposed to say, oh, this hurt. Oh, I can't deal with this. Oh, I know the death of my baby. And I can't tell you that it's October 22nd of 1983. And I can't tell you that on May, on May, um, 23rd, May 22nd, my, my child should have been born, you know, and I never forget it. So how am I supposed to get moved through that? And how, and I know, and I'm not staying in those places, but when your womb becomes a tomb, Mm. the, the message has to be the stone is rolled away and Jesus is alive and let's start, let the healing begin. Amen. Amen. And that's your hope. 
They just they just throw dirt on top of it. They just cover it over with dirt. That's all they do. That's all they do. And I, uh, what do you think? Do you think Jesus is pro-choice? Do you think Jesus is for the killing of unborn babies? How could any church ever, ever take that position? It baffles me. Jack. Yeah, we, we get the worst government we can tolerate. Look at what happened in Maine. The church totally rejected Mike Heath. And we have now the worst, the most aggressive abortion law in the country, in Maine. The church, the church, organized church, all the organizations relative to the church rejected Heath. Mike Heath was the head of the Christian Civic League of Maine, and they basically ran him out because he was too Christian, right, Jack? Yep. Yeah, too Christian. Yep. And now look what we've got. Look what we've got. It's, it's our fault. Every, everything going on is our fault. That's why we deserve the judgment of God. Roger, come on in. Uh, whoever made the comment about the help for the woman who's had the abortion at church, wow. I never even thought of that concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, there's such an, I think it's probably they're too embarrassed to go through a little door and talk. Well, Rob, that's right, Robert, who, who am I to judge, right? That's what they, they yeah. see. Other women have abortions. They say, well, I was there. Who am I to judge? I know what that feels like, right? They've never received redemption and forgiveness. Or, or the, I mean, we've all read about it. I don't care what you hear. The hurt goes deep. The guilt goes deep. I'm a man. I don't understand it completely, but my goodness, what an opportunity to reshape a woman's life for Christ by letting her talk about it in the church. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's right. Right. You know, we would rather have them form a pussy scab than get to the heart of exactly what's going on. Hey, look, folks, look. I'm not apologizing for talking about uncomfortable things, all right? I I believe this in the very depth of my being, that much of what we are seeing in America is not the church. It's not the church, folks. It is not the church. It's some semblance of it. We're warned in Jude that evil men were going to creep in unaware, and they were going (laughs) to... They were going to give us what we have today. And every daggone problem that we face in this nation, there is a biblical solution to. Can you name it? Can anybody out there tell me one solution? You name the problem, and you tell me if there's a biblical solution to it. And we absolutely will not talk about it, promote it, fight for it. I don't care what it is. Daltry homosexuality, fornication, thievery, uh, graph, what, whatever. There is a solution to it in the Bible, and we refuse to do it. Craig, come on in. Hot coffee in the lobby, coldness in the pews. Coffee in the lobby. Hot coffee in the lobby, coldness in the pews. Yes, sir. That's what we're seeing, right? That's what we're seeing. And... So, uh, Craig, I hear from people, as you can probably imagine, say that I shouldn't be talking about the bride this way. Shouldn't be talking about Christ's bride this way. What, supposed to look the other way? Look the other way? I'm not talking about the bride, because the real bride is the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. And we populate it. So I don't don't even want to go on that. The thing that you're looking at, that you're attending, I'm sorry. Are you just supposed to tell me that that Presbyterian, dead Presbyterian church on the corner is the bride of Christ? That dead United Methodist church that's a ordaining homosexual? You're telling me that's the bride? You want me to believe that? You want me to believe that? That Lutheran church that hadn't had a revival in 80 years, that's the bride of Christ? You want me to believe that? That old Catholic church with all its rules and regulations and traditions and praying to say, you want me to believe that's the bride of Christ? What? But see, that's what they try to convince us. They try to guilt you into joining one of those clubs. And I say, become one of them. Become your own club. Invite people into your own home and see what the Lord will do and what the Lord will raise up right there in your own home. Every problem going on in America today can be set right at the feet 
of the Bride of Christ. Every one of them. The Bride of Christ in America, those of you who believe the church is the Bride of Christ, you're adulterous. You're an adulterous woman. And uh, I'm not against churches. I'm against the phony ones. See you tomorrow.